Hey guys, it's Elizabeth and Jules, and you're listening to Spaghetti Heads. Spaghetti Heads. I bet so, Barbie was a spaghetti head. She, well, she is. Probably not. She's probably just there. Just what? living. She doesn't have a, she doesn't have a brain. Okay, we're going to have to get into this then because I, after watching this documentary and then like doing a little bit more intel into like who Barbie is today, like I, I Instagram stalked her. I insta stalked her. Oh my God, her. that's disgusting. I'm feeling her. Like I'm just like really feeling Barbie as a lady. So, I don't know. We'll see. Um, But, so we both watched this documentary called Tiny Shoulders. Basically, what the... um, That's a big old glass you're pouring yourself. You know what? It's the weekend. It's a hefty pour. It is the weekend. Um... So the premise of the movie is it it kind of talks about Barbie, her background, some of the challenges they've had um, with Barbie as like an icon over the years. And then back in 2016, when they redefined Barbie's body image. Hallelujah. Right. It was about time. Um, But that's like basically the premise of the movie. And it was really cool to kind of see um, everything that like went into it. And I mean, it was like, truly really fascinating I definitely had a newfound respect for the company and just like the mission behind the toy itself and then it looked like a fun place to work it really did I was really digging the sweaters and leggings that the girls were wearing every day minus the girl that worked in in NPR she pissed me off she really annoyed me the entire time she seemed like she would be really difficult to work with um I'm sure she's lovely the movie maybe just didn't paint her in the best light I don't know Um, But one thing that they said at the beginning of the film, which I thought was super, super cool, is that 98% of the world can recognize Barbie. I literally, that was my, that was my fun fact. Yeah. Which, sorry, go ahead and say it because you didn't get to finish your statement, but I was just so excited. Well, it makes sense if you think about it, but like that's more, they mentioned like that's more than recognition for like the president of the United States or the queen of England. Like insane like 98% of the people on the planet can recognize Barbie as a brand slash as like a character all of it call her a human she's she's a person I don't know Julie either way just (laughs) just who she is people know who she is and so that's kind of cool so she's super famous um and she some of the issues or I don't even know if I want to call an issue but like she, she overcame of, bar- she like broke down barriers but then she also created barriers at the same time. Well, she's kind of the epitome of how for women like your looks define you. Right. Because over the course of her entire like from her inception to you know today, her looks define her and how she's perceived and that's something I think a lot of women can relate to. Right. Um one of the characters in the movie kind kind of stated not a character she's a real person with a job at the barbie corporation or mattel or whatnot um i forget who said it though but she basically said that like over the years barbie has kind of stood for 
gender roles, white supremacy, body image, and beauty. Oh, yeah. Which I would definitely say, like, yes, 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 and yes to all of those up until recently or, like, they're trying to at least correct that. Right. Um, so, and, like, it's also fair to say, like, gender roles and femininity have been controversial, like, throughout all of history. This is nothing new. It's always going to be controversial. And, like, I don't know. I have I have mixed feelings about, like, you know, criticizing the Barbie of the late 1950s, early 1960s, who just represented, was meant to represent, like, your average American woman. Now, we can talk about beauty. Okay, sure, whatever. But, like, who she was. Because there's some criticism to, like, just Barbie was like just... ethnicity versus... No, no, no. I'm talking gender about. Roles. I'm talking about a gender role. Okay. I'm not. I'm not really talking about her looks or her ethnicity at this point okay. because obviously that does not represent every woman. No. Like yeah, clearly, yeah, yeah. and and that's always that's a problem. That's always like, going to be a topic with Barbie, regardless. Yeah, and yeah. like that definitely it would have been super progressive at the time, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's right that the Barbie for so many years was this blonde white woman with a tiny waist and giant boobs, like you know. But when we're talking about, like, her roles and her characters and the outfits you could buy for her and the things that she did, some of the commercials they played and stuff, you know, was like, I can go from daytime shopping to date night with Ken. And it's, like, the skirt thing that you could zip off. And I finally, like, remember that commercial from being a child. I was like, oh, that's familiar. Like, you Um, take her scarf off and then you can wrap it around her waist and it's, like, a skirt and she takes her blazer off and it's, like, a sparkly top. Yeah. Bitch, I wish I could pull that (laughs) I know. But, like, it was this whole idea that, like, Barbie was all about shopping and, like, shoes and Ken. and She's like, math is hard. Yeah, basically. And so um, even, like, the Barbie character in Toy Story, Mm -hmm. like, exemplifies that, like, ditzy, like, bimbo-y, like, just, like, to shop. Spring break girl. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) they kind of just talk about that that's kind of something that, that, like, exudes exudes from her and exuded from her that they were trying to change, I guess. Right. Yeah. and where this all sort of started was in 2014, the Mattel stock fell like really sharply and Barbie sales went way, way down. So essentially the brand was like in a crisis. So at that point they're like, what are we going to do? Right. Um, but we're going to sort of start at the beginning. I just watched The Sound of Music and that made me want to go, let's start at the very beginning. <laughs> everyone just unsubscribed i love that movie oh and it was so funny we were watching it and brandon's like is that is is that julie andrews and i was like get out of my house she's a queen yeah and he's like well i knew that she was in mary poppins i was like okay whatever fair enough no you Um, didn't no you didn't brandon yeah (laughs) i'm calling you out (laughs) so ruth handler is a bad bitch ruth was born on november 4th 1916 and she is basically the brainchild, or Barbie is her brainchild. She's the brain mm-hmm. mother of Barbie. True. Um, she got the inspiration when she observed her own daughter, whose name was Barbie, playing with adult paper dolls um, with her friends. And they were sort of like projecting their dreams for the future on these dolls. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she, they were, I, I mean, I'm sure you know what I'm saying, I guess, when I say paper dolls. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. I used to play with paper dolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I did too. So I just It was like sure. the thing for the road trips because yeah. they wouldn't take up a lot of space. And if you, and like, you had like the kids' scissors, like the teeny mm-hmm. tiny scissors that weren't so super sharp, you could throw those in your backpack. Yeah. 
Yeah, we used to play with those in the car. And you had the clothes that had like the tabs and like. Yeah, you have to cut might... the tabs out separate. And you have to make sure you don't cut the tabs off because, bitch, I've been there and you yeah. can't fit that and dress then, on. And then you can't put the clothes on. And my yeah. sister had this really, really cool, like, it was really, really cool dollhouse book. And you it, you took the book and then when you opened the pages and you went all the way around and tied it on the other end, it made like a dollhouse we could take Stop. in the car. It was very, very bougie and very cool. Wow. Um. Anyway, so that was how she got inspired about Barbie because she's like, huh, we should, like, create a doll that's not from paper that, like, Because at this the point, the only 3D dolls that were being used by children were baby dolls. And they were, like, larger baby dolls that were, like, infants. Yeah. So there, there weren't any adult 3D dolls at this point, at least Ex- in America. Yeah, exactly. It was like this idea that these baby dolls were meant to teach girls how to like nurture babies mm-hmm. uh, rather than like imagine and project like what their futures could look like. Right. Um, so Ruth basically went to the Mattel toy factory place and she was like, hey, like we should do this 3D doll. And everyone was like, no. Um, like she pitches it to like one of the CEOs in Mattel and he's like, okay, Ruth, like that's funny. And then she goes to the factory. She pitches it to a bunch of designers. And all these male designers are like, absolutely not, Ruth. Bye. So annoying. But Ruth decides to, like, go to Europe. They don't say why she went to Europe. But to me, it's just like, men are annoying me. I'm going to go somewhere else. And I'm like, I'm like, relatable. So she goes to Europe. And she finds when she's over there, this, it's called the Lily Doll. And it's by an, a toy company called Build. Did you find anything extra on yeah, this? Yeah, so um, it was a Build Lily doll. And she was on a trip to Germany, like you said. And it's actually a German comic strip character. Oh. So it was really more of a product, product, provo- Jesus, provocative <laughs> gag gift um, that they would sell in tobacco shops that I guess like they would suggest like men like hang it around their rear view mirror or it was like maybe something that was used for um self-pleasure we're not really sure the reason because she the was like a ball. she was like a sexy little doll yeah it was like a it was like imagine like a pinup girl yeah on a poster like in a 3d form yeah that's basically what this was and actually because she was so taken by it because she was like this is what i've been trying to explain that i want but there hasn't been an example of it so for some reason, the engineers at Mattel just were shooting her idea down because they had, it was like, you can't, you can't create what you haven't seen is kind of the, the mindset well, that they had. you know, men, they really need oh you to God, hold their hands. <laughs> so it's like, this is what I'm talking about. Okay. Right. So she buys it, brings it back. And she's like, all right, like, this is what I'm talking about. And they're all probably like, oh, I like it, you know, but no, Mattel actually ended up buying the rights to the build Lily doll. And later it became very popular with children. So, oh, well, that's yeah. good. Probably made it a little more appropriate because the picture yeah. I saw was like, whoa, girl. Yeah, it was um, definitely provocative. But they, I know that they, even with this Lily doll that she brought back and showed them, she still had to push to have them put breasts on her. Yep. And they were like, oh, that's not appropriate. This is a child's toy. But she had to kind of say to them, like, look, this doll is an adult woman. She's for, you know, young girls to project, like, what their future could look like. And it's, like, make-believe play. And adult women that they see, like, have breasts. And, like, little girls know that one day they're going to have boobs. So, like, we got to put boobs on this doll. So they end up putting boobs on the doll. Um, And they also – I thought this was really funny 
because I don't know that they succeeded. It says they try not to make her too beautiful so that the girls weren't intimidated. I didn't understand that when they said that. In the but she's, like, beautiful. She, I'm like, is this She's ugly? perfectly symmetrical on both sides of her face. Therefore, I, like, that is the epitome of beauty. I'm so. like, well, and she's got, like, sexy eye makeup and, like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, like, she's not even average looking. Like, she looks like Giselle Bundchen. Like, I, she's not, like, <laughs> this doll is not average. Like, she's a Gigi, solid. Gigi, is that you? <laughs> Yeah, she's a, she's a yeah. solid 12 out of 10. Like, And they're like, let's not make her too pretty. So I don't know. If they were trying to make her average looking, they didn't succeed in my well, opinion. Well, maybe but. they meant that by – oh, that's I was about to say something mean. But do you want to guess – leading into it, you can probably guess what my, my um, statement was going to be. Do you want to guess what her – what Barbie's real name was? Is? Bar, Bar, Barbara? I don't know. What is it? Barbie Molescent Roberts. So what was your mean comment? They probably meant she was average looking because her name was Barbie Millicent Roberts. Oh, yeah, maybe. Um, if we had listeners, they would email us angrily. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> she, it took three full years to actually, like, make her and get her out there on the stores. And she was uh, officially introduced to the market in 1959. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, the boobs were a big deal. I wrote that down, so I just repeated boobs it. Boobs were such a big deal. I literally wrote boobs were a big deal. <laughs> and I think it's really important to note here how Ruth was able to handle the persuasion of getting getting to that because that was definitely controversial for that time period in the 40s and 50s. So um, Ruth and her husband, Elliot, were the co-founders of the Mattel toy company in 1945, and then it was 14 years later that they were able to actually bring Barbie to life. So um, it didn't take 14 years for her to manifest this idea, but um, it just, just a note, something to think about. Yeah. Well, you said you found a lot more on like her, the history of like yeah. Barbie throughout so, the years. Bobby through the ages. Bobby through the ages. So Barbie's official birthday is March 9th, 1959. So what's, what's her, her what's sign? her sign? <laughs> what's her sign? <laughs> is she an Aries? What was March? Is she married? No, is she in Aries? Oh, maybe. I can't remember. You said March 1st? March 9th. We'll look it up. Yeah. So um, the day she was officially introduced to the world was March 9th, 1959. Uh, Ruth Handler always saw Barbie as a reflection of the times, with the first doll mimicking the glamour of the 1950s stars, such as Elizabeth Taylor and Marilyn Monroe, um, which... We'll post some pictures of the different Barbies of the years, and we posted some on our Instagram story. So if you see the very first one, it's very obviously like a mixture of Elizabeth Taylor and Marilyn Monroe. Barbie's a Pisces, by the way. Moving on. (laughs) So in its first year, 300,000 Barbie dolls were sold. The very first Barbie doll sold for $3, but a mint condition number one Barbie doll, like the very first version, can... Um, be more than $25,000 today. Damn. Yeah. So if you need a new Civic, sell your first edition mint <laughs> condition. Good <laughs> idea. Go. I'll do that. Let so, me just do um, that. Over the span of her existence, Barbie has sold over two, has had over 200 careers. She broke the plastic ceiling. Love it. When she went to the moon in 1965, um, which was actually four years before Neil Armstrong, so she a bad bitch. 
Since then, she has been everything from a doctor to a paleontologist to a rock star or to a computer engineer. So um, this is where it gets juicy. Barbie's on-again, off-again, longtime boyfriend, Ken Carson, was introduced two years. <laughs> Sorry. You really sound like you're like an E! News reporter right now. Oh, no, I am. For real. Um, he was introduced two years after Barbie in 1961. So Ken was actually named after Ruth Handler's son, and I... Um, had some trouble finding out if it was also Elliot's son too, or if this was like a from a different relationship. I didn't. Ooh, Scandy. I know. I was. It just said Ruth's son, so I was like, oh, maybe she had some something on the side. Um, the counteract criticism that Barbie was solely a sex symbol in 1963. So to counteract this, Barbie's best friend Midge Hadley was introduced. A year later, Barbie's first little sister was announced. Her name was Skipper Roberts. So, and I want to add something too, like when you were kind of talking about the different careers Mm -hmm. and just kind of pulling back a little bit to this brand crisis that in 2014, Mattel felt like they were having with the Barbie doll. Um, Kim Colmone was the Barbie head of design. She may still be. I hope she is because she was really cool. She's a Um, badass. Yeah, but she felt that Barbie was missing, like, relevance. They're like, how do we make her relevant? How do we make her relatable? Because Ruth's entire intention with this doll when she brought her into the world was she wanted to be progressive. Like, that was the whole point. Right. And, like, as the doll has gone through these decades and not changed all that much, she's, like, very much regressed. And she's just not kept up with the Joneses, so to speak. But some of the things that you mentioned in there were part of this idea that Barbie was a progressive toy. So the Miss Astronaut Barbie in 1965, like you said, mm-hmm. was that's a huge deal. And there was a career girl Barbie in 1963. Yep. And this was still very much in a time where, you know, women were entering the workforce, but it wasn't commonplace yet. Right. So um, for, especially not for women to have like careers. I think a lot of women had jobs but not a lot of women considered that, you know, were like it was more like and, it was more like career secretarial, like um, they weren't necessarily administrative. Yeah, well, and it's and and a lot of women make make administration jobs their main career right now, and they make bank. I know and a also, lot of women that do that. I was gonna say I could never do it. Women and men that that are in administrative roles, bless them. They're the reason. They're the reason the rest of us stay afloat, to be honest. So, but the point is, is that it wasn't. They weren't at a stage yet where they were necessarily entrepreneurial. Yeah, so exactly. They weren't. They weren't like breaking ground. It was like they were just joining in on what was already happening. Yeah, and mm-hmm. Ruth talks about that. Like she says that she was in this environment, you know, married to Elliot, and she was like working with Mattel, and she was completely surrounded by men. Right. So, like, imagine that too. Like, she's the only woman at a time when you know women were not in those kinds of roles where she's like making changes and like being a boss bitch so like she was truly one of a kind yeah um she calls herself a fluke um because she says that like there she was the only woman she knew that was like her so she didn't really you know there was some i got the impression from the interviews that it seemed as if she didn't really relate to a lot of women that were like her peers um but the I feel Ash- like at the office parties, Elliot probably got a lot of fist bumps. Probably. He was like, yeah, your wife's amazing. And she's a really, really cool chick. Like, she was really, really cool just to see her interviewed and stuff. Um, but she, you know, the career girl Barbie, the Miss Astronaut Barbie. And then it also mentioned in the movie that part of also her Barbie's whole, like, progressive 
vibe is that like she was the star of the show and Ken was like quite literally an accessory yes which I love the idea of this I love the idea of Ken like just being like another handbag like come on Ken (laughs) come along Ken Ken I feel like I'm having an escort to dinner tonight like he's on a leash yeah but she was always I mean I think there were like bride Barbies but like Barbie as a character like she was like a single lady she was always meant to be single she was always meant to be like and as much as I hate the term, like, she was always meant to be, like, the it girl. Yeah. So, so Ken was definitely an accessory. Yeah. Um, but in 1967, um, the supermodel Twiggy was actually the very first celebrity to join the Barbie family. So if you look this up, and we'll try to post a good picture of it. Um, the article that I found this from, there was a picture of the Twiggy Barbie doll. And holy shit, she looks just like her. Um, and then came Cher, Audrey Hepburn, Diana Ross, and J.K. Rowling, which I fucking love. Um, so, um, and then while there had been other African-American dolls in the Barbie collection before, um, including Barbie's close friend, Christy, first introduced in 1968, an official African-American Barbie um, wasn't actually created until 1980 alongside the Latina Barbie. So that same year um, saw the first of more than 40 different international Barbies released to date. So Christie was introduced in 1968 and then they started getting like more inclusive with different um, ethnicities in the 1980s. So it's a nice fun fact. Yeah. And I mean, we can give them credit. I know. I'm like, like, I'm like, I don't really know how to react to that. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's something, you know, give them something. Um, yeah. Definitely still the blonde, white, skinny character was the star of the show. And I yeah. think that, you know, that's something in this project that the Mattel company tried to undertake. That's something they tried to sort of change. Um, so something that we skipped over there in the 60s. So, you mm-hmm. know, it's not all we talk a lot of positive you know, right. just trying to see in a more positive light about the brand and about the toy itself. But they're definitely, you know, it wasn't all perfect. There was a Barbie um, from the early 1960s, and she was Slumber Party Barbie. And she came with, like, a silk robe and pajama set and some slippers. Oh, my God, I hated this. I know yes. where you're going. And yeah. she, she came with a scale that was permanently set to 110 pounds and a book that on the front – said how to lose weight and on the back it said don't eat <laughs> which is awful um but like you mentioned twiggy like it is right around that time and that's they kind of mentioned this in the movie that like body shaming like was a big part of the culture which it they also, called it an epidemic which they like, called it an epidemic which i don't know during covid kind of kind of harsh words but kind of a harsh <laughs> word and i don't know maybe Maybe it was a big problem. I They showed a, a Diet Pepsi commercial where it talks about, like, women, or it was like, we're always surrounded by glass and mirrors, and you should be thin and drink Diet Pepsi. One calorie. Where, like, the Diet Soda that was, was the marketed. was as well. Yeah. Where <laughs> the Diet Soda was very much marketed towards women, and, like, women should be skinny. Um, and so... It basically, what I gathered from this is that Barbie has always sort of reflected the cultural elements of the times, mm-hmm. both the positive ones and the negative ones. Right. Even if at the time, sometimes we don't see things negative as negative in the moment. But looking back, it's like, ugh, that is maybe not so good. So. Yeah, and it, 
it kind of brings me back to there was a portion of the documentary that I was watching like and and it's very interesting also because you see a lot of the operations within the Barbie organization like you see Kim the director of design leading like operations meetings with her team and there was one in particular that she they were going through like these different outfits for this model that we are looking at to launch in like the next few months or something like that and she was looking at it like in the box out of the box in the box over here and she just like staring at it and she was like who's buying this doll like the relevancy of like what's going on in the world right now has to be there for their marketing team to be able to pass on it for them to be able to put it on the shelf so if that was something that was extremely relevant to the women of that time of course mothers in the 60s that are trying to lose weight are like oh this is cute like let me buy that for my kid yeah exactly so i mean it's shameful now circa 2020 but like back then it was relevant so yeah uh for sure um did you have any more history past the 80s? Um, I do have history past the 80s. So we talked about how in 1980 um, they introduced more um, more Barbies of differentiating differentiating uh, ethnicities alongside the Latina bar- the Latina Barbie. So it was actually more than 40 different international Barbies that were released in that year. So in the midst of like high profile celebrity breakups. This is actually kind of fast forwarding um, a lot of years. So from the eighties, we're actually gonna jump to 2004. Um, So this is back when like Jen and Brad and like the just high profile celebrity breakups. Um, In 2004, Barbie and Ken actually made news of their own breakup. Um, They decided that they were better off as friends, separate halves, which like I get it. It's okay. Um, they didn't have to worry about splitting up their things, though, which was really convenient because the dream house was always Barbie's. Obviously, like, Ken just moved in. He's like, I'm just going to come by, grab my stuff. <laughs> like, um, And then after seven years apart, um, Barbie and Ken actually got back together. So in 2011, they um, debuted again as a couple. You'd make a really good E! News nice. correspondent. Just saying. I don't know how, how to respond to that. Um, well, obviously, you know, we're talking about the Mattel stock dropping so much in 2014, the sales right. being down for Barbie, brand being in crisis. Um, you know, you may ask yourself, why didn't they just like trash it or change it or totally rebreak the mold? But the Barbie doll made um, Mattel $351,000 the year that it. Uh, came out in 1959 Mm -hmm. and then by 1968 so less than 10 years later it earned Mattel 500 million dollars and that is the toy that made Mattel a fortune 500 company right for sure so I think it's very sewn into like the fabric of the culture of the organization itself Mm -hmm. so you know then we you know we come together and it was Kim Colmon she's the Barbie head of design that kind of um spearheads this project she she kind of brings in her creative team and she's like so and and they didn't know like going into this like they're they're like we're in a brand crisis and they didn't have the solution but the way that the meeting starts is like this the problem they're trying to fix is just how do we make barbie more relatable like that was their open-ended question 
and they throw around a bunch of different ideas and the one that seems to kind of stick is you know let's change the body let's Mm -hmm. let's you know change her body let's make her body more relatable her skin types more relatable and apparently this is not the first time this idea has been thrown around but it's been rejected in the past so it was like for 15 years I guess they'd been talking about um changing her body and the and the proportions of the Barbie doll were I think a matter and a topic of like controversy for a long time but it's just that um for years and years they actually like tested this idea and it never really did well so they actually had footage of children playing with prototypes of curvier Barbie dolls um and they tested all like really really bad so like they had like a like the regular Barbie then they had a curvy Barbie and they would say like so what do you think of like this Barbie and they'd be like they literally and it was really hard to watch like some of the women that are curvier women like sitting on the other side of the glass for these um what do you call them they're called focus groups Yep. These, like, folks, kids in these focus groups, and they were like, she has fat thighs. Like, yeah, she's a fat Barbie, and, like, all the little kids are laughing. And then the lady that was hosting it was like, so which one's the good Barbie and which one's the bad Barbie? Yeah. That, I hated that question, and they were like, so the good Barbie's the thin Barbie? And they're like, yeah. And I was yeah. like, I got to turn this off. Yeah. I know. And so, and I think that was, that may have been footage from, like, previous focus tests because it kind of seemed like, they were like, you know what, we're going for this at this point. Like, this is what we feel like we need to do. Our friend in PR, like, hates the idea. She just is like, she she gets under my skin. Her name is Michelle Chindoni, I think. No, Ch- Chidoni. Michelle Chidoni. She's, like, the head of Barbie PR. And she's just like, this is a perfectly good doll. Like, it's just a toy. Like, why can't kids just keep playing with it? And I'm like, I don't know. I she just irritated me a little bit like she didn't want the she didn't want to rock the boat I suppose um and like of course there are some like valid um there are valid concerns of the project like this they did have like a big meeting where they had some like psychologists um manifest potential repercussions oh that was so cool that was so cool it was really cool but like really crazy to think about because what they did was they they had them manifest these potential repercussions of like this project like once it launched so that the people that were on the creative team of this project which by the way they called it project dawn and it was top secret like and that that's another really cool thing about this they worked on this project from like the end of 2014 to october of 2016 and it was top secret nobody knew about it like it because it they wanted to drop this bomb when they released mm-hmm. the new project. So they put their blood, sweat, and tears in this secret project for two years, which, like I said, they called Project Dawn. Um, and they um, – in this, in this exercise where they had this psychological group manifest these potential repercussions, like, it was kind of crazy. It was like one of them was, like, a mom – gets on Twitter and she's like, my daughter cried this morning because I gave her the curvy Barbie and like now she feels bad about her body. And like, I mean, and these are things that like, you don't think about it like that when you're all excited about the idea and you're feeling optimistic, but like that is something that could happen. And the conversations this creative team was happening was kind of like, what would we do about this? How would we respond to this? And the PR girl was just like, see, see, see. And that was annoying. Yeah. And then she, like, I she got in, like, an argument with someone on their creative operations team because um, 
like I guess they were talking about like the contradiction between like the original Barbie and like where we're going moving forward and the girl on the creative operations team was like well it's not like we're contradicting ourselves and the PR girl was like we are 100% contradicting ourselves and that's why it's an issue and I was like can you just well and I think I think that and here's my thing she kept saying like if we do this, we're admitting there was something wrong with her body. And then my thing is, like, what's wrong with there that? There fucking was. What's wrong with saying, like, we need to fix this so that right. more young women and young girls feel represented in our toy? Mm-hmm. Because also, it's not just that Barbie was skinny. There's some, like, um, it may have been the Time Magazine article that they ended up releasing when they announced the product that they, they showed, like, if Barbie was a human. And she looks yeah. like an alien from another planet. Like, oh, it's sure. just not proportional. Like, forget the... I mean, because even the new Barbie they made, she's still very thin. But, right. like, she's more proportional and, like, looks like a real person. I don't know. Um, there was a lot of conversation about thigh gap. That was really funny. Um, can I interject with a fun fact? Yeah. In 2012, so before the 2014 conversation started, um, the avant-garde design duo, Felipe and David Blonde, known for glitz and glam, created the Blonde's Blonde Diamond Barbie. So um, she was dressed in the nines and sparkles, gems and fur. So some see this fabulous doll as the first, quote, drag queen Barbie. Oh. And, And I love her. And she's like $300. I just looked her up. Wow. That's a lot. So I liked that little tidbit. Um, Mattel produced a bald friend of Barbie named Ella in 2014. So created to help young girls um, understand cancer. Aww, so that's nice. Only a limited number were made and distributed directly to hospitals, which is really cool. So it, I like that, though. I understand yeah. that and I get that. Mm- Absolutely. And it, and it, and it was responding to a petition from a cancer patient's mother in 2014. Um, so they actually agreed to produce more Ella Barbies. So definitely still a limited number, but I like, I like where they were going with that. I really like where they're going with that. I mean, it does seem like at the time that this all, this project on was happening, um, or starting that they, they were trying to move in the right direction in a lot of ways. And Um, she's fabulous. Oh, yeah. I bet. We should find a picture of her. Yeah, I'm going to find a picture of her. So the they basically, with Project Dawn, they decide they're going to do four different main Barbie body types. I think in addition to... Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's four total body types. So it's the regular, just run-of-the-mill Barbie gal. And then they have a tall Barbie, which I think was also meant to be, like, athletic. Like, My girl. And then Petite Barbie, so she was, like, short and teeny. And then, of course, our Curvy Barbie, which I could have used a little more curve on Curvy Barbie. And they really go into the conversation about thigh gap, which was funny because one of the girls was like, yeah, no one thinks that we're talking about thigh gap, um, but we are. And then it was my girl. And then she was like, but we also have to make sure she can, like, move mechanically because she's still a doll. It was Kim Colmone. She was like... I love the idea of getting rid of the thigh gap because it kind of seems like a feminist, like, 
yeah, like, let's do it. She goes, but as a toy maker, like, I know that there has to be some gap so that her legs work. So, <laughs> so funny. it was really funny to me. Um, oh, also, this was really interesting. And they, I think this is towards the end of my notes because they, in the movie, they kept going back and forth between, like, the timeline and, like, Project Dawn. Mm-hmm. But just in talking about, like, the more progressive things throughout the years that they were doing with Barbie. So up until 1971, Barbie's eyes were actually painted to be cast downward. Oh, I thought that was cool. Oh, and, not that part, but, uh, yeah. Well, but, yeah, but then in 1971, yeah. for the first time ever, her eyes were designed looking, like, straight ahead, looking up, confident. Yeah. So it kind of reflected the feminist movement in the late 60s and early 70s because that's when women were, like, burning their bra- bras and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then what's, like, interesting is that um, Barbie was, like, everything the women's movement stood against. And they would even march in the streets and be like, we're not Barbie dolls. And then Barbie's like, no, like, I'm trying here to, like, (laughs) I've given you space Barbie. I've given you eye contact Barbie. Like, what more do you want? Can we also talk about why does registered nurse Barbie have goggles on? Because of COVID. (laughs) I don't know. Bitch, that was back in the 60s. Look, she's progressive. She knew. She knew that it was happening. Um, But in 1972, amid the women's movement, that's the first time that the the Barbie sales declined so much. So it was 1972 and then again in 2014. And there's no – nobody really said why in 2014. It was like – but it was. (laughs) I don't know. So they basically, there's like a good like 30 minutes of the film where they kind of just show all of the people working on this project like slaving away into the night and just like never seeing their families and working so hard on this, which like it is really cool also to see a team of people so passionate about a a project. Even our girl Michelle Chidoni, PR girl, kind of comes around in the end. So that's good. Um, But they all like really cared like about the outcome of this project and then um, they decide to sign the rights of the like exclusive announcement to Time Magazine. And Time comes out and they take pictures of all of the dolls. Oh, and then it's important to note too, you can get each doll in a variety of skin tones. Oh, for sure. So they come out and they take this picture of like all the different dolls. So you've got like all four different body types and like all different skin tones and all different outfits, which another funny thing about that too, was um, they were saying how part of the appeal of Barbie and, like, part of her whole shtick is, like, sharing shoes and sharing clothes. And, like, everything on Barbie had to be redesigned. And that was the part that really threw me for a loop because that was one thing that, like, I didn't think about. But, oh, like, me either. I didn't, so totally didn't think about sense. it. When they were in their think tank and they were literally – she was like, okay, great. So we're talking about curvy Barbie. So she's a size 12 versus the original size 2. Is she gonna fit in Ken's getaway car? Yeah. And, every, and everyone was like, <laughs> I know. And the one guy, the one guy was sitting there, and they caught him being like, maybe this is why they didn't do this before. Yeah. So like they had a lot of hurdles to overcome for sure um, with this project, but it ended up being, you know, a pretty big success. It seems the time, the scene where it's like the night before the Time Magazine article was gonna come out. Mm-hmm. Basically, the entire team like goes to the Mattel office and like spends the night like they all show up there at like two in the morning and they're like making coffee this is in October of 2016 and they're just and I just I got like emotional watching it I did Um, not (laughs) well look these people 
spent two years working on this project. They really were passionate about it. You can tell they bonded so much and they're all sitting around in complete silence, drinking coffee and just hitting refresh on their screens for like an hour because they didn't know exactly what time the article was going to come out. So in the movie, you catch this, this raw moment where they're hitting refresh, 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 refresh. And then all of a sudden a few people go like, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh. And then everyone, and everyone's like taking pictures of their phone on the screen. (laughs) And I love like, and the other thing that was really great was like, you know, they gave the rights to time magazine, but they don't have a right to say what time's going to write about it. They could have ripped them apart. They, I mean, it's journalism. Like they send the journalist in there and she's just going to write an article. And the tagline was now can we stop talking about my body which I loved and like that was their whole point and I think that's kind of what they tried to get across to the Time Magazine journalist was like the whole point is like let's stop talking about her body like why is her body it's not about her body it's about her being a doctor it's about her being a lawyer it's about her being a mother it's about her like you know spending time with her girlfriends or like you know it's about Barbie who they want her to be and they don't want the focus on the body. So the time magazine cover is phenomenal. It's curvy Barbie, like her silhouette. And it just in big letters, like now can we stop talking about my body? And And I love the way that they photographed her in all of them because they literally look like they are um, like on, on a like human photo shoot. Yeah. It's so cute. It's really, really cute. And I mean, just to see how emotional. Is that copper? Yeah, sorry. Just to it's see. Tail. Just to see how emotional the team was. Can you imagine? And I think that's why I like teared up watching it. And I'm also an empath. So yeah, I cry and everything. But can you imagine putting two years of your life in this secret project that you couldn't even tell people about? And then this magazine comes out with this like glowing article about this thing that you've been so passionate about I just thought it was like a really really cool moment that we were able to see my favorite part was when they were like so they were looking at the PR girl and they were like so like what are they gonna say like the entire time they're like what photo are they gonna use what are they gonna say and she's like I don't know yeah like I can only do so much they're the ones that have to make the final decision And they spent so much time picking out the outfits for the dolls that were being photographed for the cover as well. Yeah, they did. Which I think was so much thought that it is really smart. There was just so much thought that went into every part of them releasing this because it's something that they that Barbie as a company knows should have been done so many years ago, right? But so that all happened in 2016. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Um, my little tidbit about it that's just a little short is in 2016 Barbie fashionistas were introduced to the world so they came out in four body types seven skin tones 22 eye colors and 24 hairstyles this was addressing the longtime criticism that the dolls did not accurately reflect the, di- the diversity of the modern woman and then in 2018 Mattel released a new quote inspiring woman collection and this featured Three groundbreaking history-making women. Amelia Earhart, Frida Kahlo. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Frida Kahlo and um, Katherine Johnson. Earhart was the first woman to fly solo across the Atlantic Ocean, obviously, and the first person who... We don't need to talk about that because everyone knows who these people are. Um, 
So I will touch on Katherine Johnson, though, because I thought this was really interesting. So Johnson was um, awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2015 by President Barack Obama and um, was a physicist, space scientist, and mathematician at NASA's Langley Center. She provided the calculations for Alan Shepard's historic first flight into space, John Glenn's groundbreaking calculations for Alan Shepard orbit of the Earth and the trajectory for Apollo 11's moon landing. That's really cool, and I hate that I don't know who she was. Didn't I know, know who it, she was. It makes me feel really ignorant. But well, thanks, 20- Mattel. Now we do. I know. In 2019, um, with the marketing of Barbie's 60th anniversary, Mattel released a new Barbie body type that featured a smaller bust. Yeah, girl. Yes. Less, <laughs> less <laughs> defined waist and more defined arms. The addition was just the latest. And in Barbie's expanded line featuring a wider array of body body shapes. Well, I appreciate that they're continuing to go with this. Yeah. I think that it makes sense. And did you see, um, did you see what I had sent you? If you look at your phone, we're going to post this on the Instagram because it's like too good not to post. Um, Julie, do you see what I sent you? I don't have my phone by me. Oh, okay, sorry. It was a, It's a photo from the website on Barbie, and it's basically, like, the most diverse doll company ever created, which, like, clearly, given all the facts that we just gave you, that's it shows true. But um, the photo was really moving, so we'll post it. So did you play with Barbies as a kid? I did, yeah. But all of mine, I had two Barbies that I got that were, my, like, just mine, because I was the youngest of three daughters and I was also the youngest of five girl cousins all total. So I was lucky in a sense that I had a lot of hand-me-downs. Um, but also so unlucky that you had hand-me-downs. It's a double-edged sword. Yeah. It's a double-edged sword. <laughs> like all of mine were colored on already, yeah. but like I they're, appreciated they're hair, that they were there. They had creative haircuts and all that. Yeah. They already had the different body types. It was fine. Um, but <laughs> I, I, my, my two that I had that were like mine, 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 and I grew up dancing, so my first Barbie doll that was mine was a ballerina, and she had her feet, like, you couldn't change her shoes because her, like, ballet shoes were painted on her feet because they were in a pointed position already. And her knees, you could move her knees like they were on hinges, and same with her elbows. So you could, like, put her in different um, different positions, and then... There was one, like, tragic evening. I remember I was trying to redo her hair. Girl, her hair was already in a bun. Like, don't touch it. No. Yeah, don't touch it. For any of you that are, hopefully you're not a child and listening to this, but well, don't I also, touch the hair if it's already styled. I got to cut you off for a second because when you just said, and then there was this one tragic evening, I thought you were going to say you had tragic evening, Barbie. And I'm just picturing, like, a... a <laughs> I'm like, picturing like, a ripped, like a mascara, ripped gown, running, mascara down running down. <laughs> She's lost a shoe. There's vomit in her hair. There's vomit in her hair and a piece of pizza in her purse. And that, that is, would be perfect. That's tragic. Wait, actually, Barbie. I'll ask my friend. One of my girlfriends just threw a little quarantine birthday party for a, one of her friends. And she made her like a 21st birthday. I'm not 21. I'm this girl that I know that I'm friends with is a few years younger than me. So quite a few. Take, take that. Yeah. Um, but She's one of my friend's girlfriends, and she threw a 21st birthday party during quarantine for one of her friends. It was just her and two girls, and 
the cake had Barbies on it and she like painted mascara running down her it was hilarious it was that is really funny I'll ask her if we can post it it was cute um I literally never liked Barbies my sister played with them I was a Hot Wheels kind of girl and um Hot Wheels and Beanie Babies like that was like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles I liked Power Rangers so, yeah, you're getting a really good picture. Lots of backwards hats and overalls in my aesthetic. Um, still. Yeah, still. That's actually kind of still true. And then um, I'll wear my hats the front ways now, though. Uh, but still, <laughs> I still have some overalls. The only Barbie I ever wanted, which, like, I think shocked my mother to her core, I wanted the Millennium Barbie when it came out. Everyone did. And yeah, I think that's what it was. It was so expensive. Do you they remember were, that? Yeah, and I got one. I think because my mom was so You bougie bitch. I think she was so ecstatic that I was interested in a Barbie that she was like, Joe? Like to my dad. She's like, Joe, the girls need millennium Barbies. And he was just like, Like okay. right now. Well, I think the Barbie was like forty dollars or fifty dollars. It was expensive. It's ridiculous. And my sister and I each got a millennium Barbie. And then like you I was a dumbass, and I think I, like, brushed her hair and shit, but whatever. My mom was just happy that I had a doll. My sister kept hers in the case. Because that's just how Jen is. Yeah, we also both got Princess Diana beanie babies, and same thing. I took the tag off mine. It was a little purple bear, and my sister kept her Princess Di beanie baby, like, in the glass case. Oh, for sure. For sure. One time, I think, I mean, I feel like our parents were the same in the fact that, like, beanie babies were gold, right? So Yeah. Um, they were really good for bribing (laughs) but like there were times when like I would sneak into the um area where my mom would keep the like quote-unquote mint condition beanie babies that were still in the package yeah they were set aside to pay for college it's fine and I would like unwrap them and play with them and I would get in so much trouble but but my second Barbie doll that I got that was mine and my own that I actually loved more than the ballerina because like after I brushed her hair like that the value just went way down so um (laughs) my favorite was and this is more true to form the mermaid barbie i had the mermaid barbie and she had her little sister it was skipper so it was like the mermaid barbie and her little sister who was also a mermaid and you could take the tail off yeah my sister you have that one no i only ever had millennium barbie but my sister when i was in kindergarten my sister had the mermaid barbie and she came with hair dye. Do you remember oh, mine this? didn't. What? Or maybe my sister had one that came with hair dye. She came with blue hair dye. Or no, you know what? Maybe no, 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 no. It was the temperature. You put her under the water and her hair would turn blue. So she had si- blue streaks. And then you take her out when she's dry, she's all blonde. My sister had a it Barbie. Was basically aqua fucking marine. My sister had. <laughs> Great movie. My sister had a Barbie that you could dye her hair blue. And. Or maybe, maybe, maybe my dad bought one for me and for my sister, but like my dad was like, you cannot dye the Barbie's hair without me. Like I need to help you. And he like had a work call and I'm in kindergarten. And instead of waiting, I like snuck up to the guest bathroom and tried to dye her hair in the sink. And I got blue dye like all over the bathroom, but I did not get in trouble because I could have gotten away with murder when it came to my father. So... He was just like, it's fine. That brings my me mom to, was pissed. That brings me to a quick story about blue hair dye or blue dye in the bathroom. 
So you know how my cousin Kaylee really plays a lot of jokes on her husband, Robbie? Yes. So one time when they were living together, like, in the semi-beginning of their relationship, they're in this tiny apartment in North Florida, and he was showering, and she grabbed blue food coloring and stood up on the toilet. Yeah. He was washing his hair, and she went in the bathroom and squirted blue food coloring over the shower curtain onto his head while he was showering. So he was, his hair was blue and his whole, all of his skin was blue and they didn't get their security deposit back. Oh my God. <laughs> that is so funny. She does shit like that all the time. It's very creative. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I just am, I was really, my idea of Barbie going into watching the documentary was like, Love me some Nicki Minaj. Yeah. I grew up having Barbies. Right. I ain't got nothing against them other than the fact that, like, disproportionate. Sure. Right? But it did change my view, and I have more respect. Yeah. I do, too. I mean, and, like, I was never a Barbie gal, and right. um, I still don't really like pink. Like, you know, I've never been, like, the super girly girl, but um, I definitely think that my children in the future, you know... I will let them play with Barbie. I think that they, I think that I really appreciate the effort. Not that I would have ever not let them, like, whatever. It's toys, it's kids, like, whatever. But I actually think that Barbie is, like, a great role model for little girls and little boys. Like, you know, I just think that it's a really nice, uh, I think that they've definitely gotten back to the roots of, like, what, Ruth's, the purpose of the purpose of the doll when it first doll, came out yeah yeah i, I think, think ruth handler of... is, is probably happy i don't know if ruth handler's still alive is she still alive i'm not sure i, I know that she that was up. she was operating as like a she was like on the board like the board of directors for barbie like up until like forever so i don't know if she's still alive right now but um up until i mean i just know she was very active in the in the company so one of my favorite parts of the documentary was at, towards the end after they had launched the new like curvy Barbie, like the four different body types, there was a little boy that was playing. They did like, they like showed some home videos. And oh, there was a yes. Little, there was a little boy that was playing with the curvy Barbie and he was like playing with it in front of the camera. And he was like, I don't call this one curvy Barbie. I call this one beautiful Barbie. Yeah. And I was like, my heart. <laughs> I know. And there was this little girl that reminded me so much of myself at that age. She was like. Well, and I was chunker and, um, but she was like, so this is curvy bar. And just the way she talked, I was like, oh my gosh, she's she talking was so like, confident. she's talking like a tiny adult, which is how I talked when I was eight years old. She's mm-hmm. like, this is curvy Barbie. And like, I'm like technically curvy. So like, I like identify with her, but like, she has like all like muscle and like enough like muscle and fat to like give her like what she needs. Like this Barbie that she holds up skinny Barbie. She's like this Barbie, like she has like no muscle and like no fat. Like I'm like the, definitely the curvy Barbie. But she like throws the regular Barbie she, like, over. She throws it out in the scene. Yeah. But what's nice is that she identifies in a positive way with the curvier Barbie. Yeah. She's and like, she was she's like, this Barbie to... has enough muscle and fat to get through the day. Yeah. This Barbie doesn't. And I was like, girl is crashing at 2 p.m. Yeah. I was like, girl, she has a future, this one. Um, but yeah, it was really nice to see. And I, I'm, I It was a really very positive it. documentary. I would definitely suggest anybody that has a Hulu subscription, watch it. Yeah. It's a good, like, Sunday afternoon or, like, I mean, nowadays, Tuesday morning. Yeah. Try it. If um, you need something to lighten you up a little bit after Tiger King. 
then like yeah. maybe check this out. It's um, cute. It's 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 um easy to watch. It's not like something it's not that heavy. I recommend yeah. it way more than uh, Married at First Sight. It for sure. definitely held my attention. So for sure. Anyways. Well, um, I'm gonna do a quick shout out because one of our followers on Instagram actually guessed our mini sode for this week. The one that already came out. Yeah. Say Jay. Our Sarah girl. Allen, our resident historian. What resident a smart historian. gal. She guessed. She had it right. It right. She had it right. But um, and then I also want to give a quick. Um, request to anybody that's open to sharing some embarrassing stories because something actually happened to our very own Julie Bless this me. week. Um, we will talk about it later on another episode. Uh, we're going to start doing listener stories that are embarrassing moments um, and they can't, they will be anonymous unless you request to not be anonymous or if you don't care, just let us know. Um, but we will be sharing some personal embarrassing stories on the very inaugural one that we're going to do in the next few weeks. And then um, we will just open it up to listener stories from there. And it's kind of a good outlet of share your most embarrassing story and let everyone feel your pain. Yeah. Get it out. It's cathartic. And we did get a couple of submissions already. So thank you for yeah. those people that have sent those in. Some of them oh, were anonymous, so, so we don't know who you were, but thank you. Like, I don't know how, like, I feel like every episode, I don't know how we're going to be able to beat it the next one, but like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm laughing thinking about it, but uh, go ahead and send us some if you have some embarrassing stories or if you uh, have embarrassing anecdotes even at spaghettiheadspodcast.outlook.com. You can follow, follow us on Inst. Oh, do we want to do nope, this in nope. tandem? No, you do it. <laughs> You're follow, better. Follow <laughs> follow us on Instagram at uh, Spaghetti Heads Podcast. And then follow us on Twitter at Spaghetti underscore Heads. That's it. For yeah. That yeah. That's that's Finn. Yeah. So <laughs> um, go watch Tiny Shoulders. And um, if you have Barbies in storage, maybe it's fun a fun time to get them out and take a look at what they were last wearing. And maybe when see you put if them the, away. Maybe see if they're worth anything. <laughs> All so. right. Cheers! Slink. <laughs>